Welcome to Wesleyan Sauce, a podcast that forcibly enters one of Gordon Ramsay's restaurants and finds him in his own kitchen with the lights off, with his pants down, leaving nothing to the imagination. <laughs> I'm Dom Coker. <laughs> and I'm Sam Lee. Thanks for joining us. You like that one, didn't you, Sam? <laughs> I think they get better every week. <laughs> oh, really? At least someone thinks so. I'd agree they're getting more abstract. Um, <laughs> It's becoming a kind of fan fiction now. It's gone from fairly straightforward introductions to now you breaking and entering one of Gordon's restaurants and finding him semi-naked. How's your week been, Dom? What's been going on? Um, it's been very repetitive. My daily routine consists of a small handful of things which could be compressed, if I really put my mind to it, to about one hour but I somehow spread it out to last about 15 hours. I actually had a, um, a realisation um, about this podcast this week. I know I had, I've had one previously, but this was a, a, slightly more, a, a slightly more shallow observation. We've called this, uh, this podcast Where's the Lamb Sauce? But that, <laughs> but that line comes from Hell's Kitchen. And um, this, this entire podcast is, is, follows Ramsey uh, on his uh, kitchen nightmare odyssey in the uk why why didn't we choose hell's kitchen um i think our reasoning behind it if we ever discussed this which i'm not sure we did was to ensure that we were trying to stay true to who ramsey really is at least at first i think we can branch off into a series like hell's kitchen later on we can branch off into hotel hell we can branch off into Gordon and Gino and Fred's big adventure or whatever it's called at some point if we get <laughs> completely desperate. I do think our original purpose was to figure out who Ramsey is truly and the best way to do that is to go back to where it all began. I think we thought it was going to be mainly UK folk who were going to be into this originally but as the data's showing there's a global spread. It's really interesting. They're coming from all over the place. We seem to have activated the Commonwealth this week. We've got new <laughs> listeners in Canada, new listeners in Australia. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to think I've got friends in Canada or Australia. <laughs> Which would it... I mean, I think, I think it's more, have I got friend in Canada or Australia? It's, it, the numbers aren't huge, but they're out there. And, and that, that feels quite exciting. Latvia, Switzerland, they're all over the place at the moment. I definitely don't have friends in Latvia or Switzerland. So that's, that's really encouraging. Did you ever watch the F word? Um, I'm not sure if I did. What was the concept of that one? Well, that's why I'm asking you because I don't actually know. I, don't, <laughs> I, know, I, I know it's there as a, as a TV programme featuring Gordon Ramsay, but I don't know anything about it. I was just curious, does that offer fertile territory for uh, uh, analysis? Do, come, should we do a podcast on it? Basically is what I'm asking. <laughs> I think we'll end up doing one at some point. It was, according to the Wikipedia page, it, it is a British food magazine and cookery programme featuring Gordon Ramsay, which covers a wide range of topics from recipes to food preparation and, get this, celebrity food fads. So that's um, quite wide ranging. 51 episodes, apparently. So if um, we do get onto that, we'll have to have some commitment. The first series is based around the Get Women Back in the Kitchen campaign. <laughs> I did. I did actually. I did actually hear about this. Um, he got himself into hot water for that because he, he voiced his opinion that men were naturally better cooks than, than women. Um, and, you know, 
understandably, he um, he got a lot of stick uh, for that. Um, but he he had his he had his reasons from what I from what I understand. Let's not go down that path. But I think <laughs> later, apparently later on in that episode they raised. I'm not I'm not saying I agree with those reasons. I'm just saying he had his reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on from that. Um, I have been immersing myself in more and more Ramsey content over the last few weeks for obvious reasons. To the point where I, I feel like I'm at saturation point now, but I haven't quite got to the point where I feel the need to watch Gordon Gino and Fred's American Road Trip. I mean, the state of that programme. I mean, I've just seen the adverts for it on ITV and I just can't, I can't find an excuse for it. Even even me, who um, who has created a podcast about Gordon Ramsay and could talk about him almost sort of endlessly and tirelessly, I, I can't find an excuse for that, for that programme. Fred, Fred's in it. Fred, the, the maitre d' from, for, from first dates. It's, um, it's disappointing in so many ways. I think I actually did catch five minutes of it because I thought it might be quite amusing because individually I like Gordon, I like Gino and I like Fred. This is a programme that is um, significantly less than the sum of its parts. <laughs> <laughs> How many episodes have you got left, Sam? <laughs> I finished the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, it makes me sad that um, that something like that is being made and, and people are watching it. If anyone is watching watching that, shame on you. Shame on you, but also do let us know what it is about it that you're enjoying, because from my perspective, it is entirely without merit. I tell you what I did watch this week, which has, which does have some real substance and and, and I guess some merit to it, um, was Gordon Ramsay's um, tutorial on how to wash hands. Have you seen that? My, my God, it properly stressed me out. <laughs> it is anxiety inducing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean the way, <laughs> just the way, he, the way he, um, the way he instructs you to um, lattice your fingers together. And uh, get a really, it's 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 really quite stressful. Uh, as if this wasn't, you know, a stressful enough time already. I would advise you to avoid watching Gordon Ramsay tell you how to wash your hands. I mean, um, his other his other tutorials are really really useful. I I also watched him um, teach me how to skin a fish um, this week, which was actually really um, really helpful. The hand washing episode, not so much. Um, talking of content, um, the Where's the Lamb Source Instagram account enables. Um, me to follow accounts would otherwise go nowhere near <laughs> um like gordon ramsay's account which is gordon graham um i feel like he's missed a trick with that handle why is it not instagramsy oh yeah yeah maybe we should put that to him maybe <laughs> how's he missed that um but oh god the state of that feed is absolutely shocking i mean if i have to see one more video of him and his kids on tiktok um, and it's like he's kind of modern day Ramsey has just changed so much as well from the Ramsey we're seeing in the episodes of Kitchen Nightmares. You know, he just looks his face is kind of like it's it's plumper and it's it's kind of been ironed out a bit more. And, it, it, you know, his teeth are whiter. He's got the you know, he you can tell he's he spent a, a long period of time in, in California what you're saying is he he looks well and healthy, and we don't like that. 
<laughs> we did we we do not we do not approve of that at all. Um, but I, I, you know, as part of as part of our sort of commitment to this podcast, I do I do monitor his Instagram now, and it's it's really not worth it <laughs> for research purposes. Yeah, uh, who else who else do we follow now? Um, one that I'm enjoying keeping tabs on is Greg Wallace. <laughs> oh, yes, of course. <laughs> Is there, any, is there anything? Is there anything special about Greg Wallace's um, <laughs> feed? <laughs> the best thing about Greg's feed, other than the fact it's kind of non-stop pictures of his own back garden and him doing crunches on his kitchen floor, is his replies to people who take oh, who yeah. take the time to comment <laughs> on his photos. I don't know if you've seen any of these, but some of them are absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Have. Someone commented on a picture of his garden, saying. Hi, Greg, do you ever climb the trees? You know, bit of a strange question, but whatever. He's, he's taken the time to reply. You'd think he's taken the time to humour them. Fair enough. But then you read his reply, which is too old. <laughs> what, was that it? That was it. And in another post, he was talking about uh, his weight loss, I think, and how he's under 12 stone now. And he's lost a lot of weight and, and you know, fair play to him. And he was talking about what he's been doing. And somebody commented saying, tell what's good idea, plenty biking. <laughs> and, and Greg's response to that is, pleased you found something you enjoy. <laughs> I, actually, I actually saw one as well. Some, some guy, some very enthusiastic uh, follower of his said to him, hi, Greg, um, or something along these lines. I'm not reading this off, so uh, this may not be 100% accurate. Um, but it's something like, oh, hi, Greg. Um, I, I love the dishes that you prepare. You seem to use, use a lot of Italian ingredients. Um, does that mean um, it looks like it, Italian might be your favourite cuisine? What is, what is your favourite cuisine, Greg? His response was just Italian. <laughs> <laughs> Um, shall we move on to listener feedback, which is fast becoming my sort of favourite <laughs> part of, of every episode? Um, <laughs> can, do, do, you have any, do you have anything you want to reveal um, that, I, that I don't already know? Well, you'll remember a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned that uh, after editing the podcasts, I, I, I play them at home and my girlfriend Leanne listens to them. And, and, and would often fall asleep, well, actually would, without fail, fall asleep <laughs> before the end. Um, we've gone one step further now. She, she stopped listening to them. <laughs> so she has absolutely no idea. I disappear into the spare room for a couple of hours every weekend. <laughs> she has absolutely no idea what I'm doing in here. However, she did take the time to give me some feedback which I think is is quite general and it's not particularly specific but that isn't a reason for us to be discouraged or not to take it on board she's on, let's have it put me on my misery come on she said I, I was giving her a bit of a grilling about not listening to the podcasts and she said I do think you and Dom are good at talking to each other oh <laughs> well that's something at least <laughs> Can I just interrupt the proceedings as well? I've just got a message from my mum who says... It's fairly relevant. Who says... Actually, there's something to talk about before we go on to the message from her, which is she's been telling me that she's been loving every single episode. I've been sending them to 
my family as, as they come out. And she's been saying every single time, love it, love it, love it. Anyway, it transpired earlier this week. She'd only listened to the first episode. She'd missed all the others. She'd just not bothered with them. What she's been saying that every single one of them, she loves it and she hasn't even listened to it. Yeah. <laughs> God, she, there's, only, there's only two mums between us and we absolutely need both of them to be listening to every episode and mine's definitely not listening to them. So. <laughs> You'd think that would be the core hype team, wouldn't you? You can normally rely on mums for that stuff. Anyway, so she's just messaged me as we're recording saying... If you haven't watched Gordon, Gino and Fred on ITV, you're missing a trick. Oh, it's bloody hilarious. Fucking hell. <laughs> She's yeah. just messaged that to you yeah. while we're recording. Oh, my God. I mean, we're supposed to have a strict no phones <laughs> policy uh, when we record this podcast. It's very, very professional. Um, but for that, I'll make an exception. Oh, man. So now we know who is watching it. I would, I would put out a shout out now and say, Mum, if you're listening to this, but I know she won't be. Um, I'll ask her personally what it is she likes about it. <laughs> have you had any feedback this week? Yes, I have actually. A, a very close friend of mine, Julia, um, who uh, we, could, we can definitely describe her as a friend of the show because she has listened to all of them so far. Um, and she hasn't even, she hasn't even watched kitchen nightmares yet but she listened to all of them and said she loved she loved it and she's asked for more more in-depth coverage and um when i when i revealed that to you um earlier this week sam your response was is she mad (laughs) well i think you've got to be careful what you wish for i mean this is a slippery slope we don't need much encouragement Look, if it, if it's what the people want, we can always we can always extract more from these episodes. I'm not entirely convinced it is what the people want, but we still appreciate Julia's feedback, especially as she's helped us out with some content on Instagram, which she probably won't want us talking about, seeing as she is actually an artist. <laughs> <laughs> she definitely will not want to be associated with this podcast in that sense, though. No. <laughs> the fourth member of the pod, Julia there. Thanks for that, Julia. <laughs> well, unlike the third member, Adam, she actually listens to it. <laughs> yeah, I got, actually did get a message from Adam just beforehand saying he was going to listen to the latest episode, but then something else came up, so he didn't. So, <laughs> so shall we reflect briefly on our learnings from... Essex, when we were in Chelmsford at D Place, what did we find out about Gordon in last week's episode? Do not lie to Gordon. Integrity is everything to him, and we saw what happened to Philippe, um, who tried to uh, he, he tried to pull over pull the wool over his eyes with a what looked like an innocuous fib, and it snowballed into something catastrophic. And I guess by sort of proxy, uh, don't deep fry roast potatoes. <laughs> Also, not bad advice. <laughs> well, one more, one more thing. I think we should we should reflect on from last week um, was a, an expression of Gordon's, which is uh, it certainly entered my lexicon, which is um, a bit bonjour to describe <laughs> some, to describe someone as um, a bit a, a bit mad. I, I know we we bounced around the different synonyms for what that could really mean this week um and uh we couldn't quite find the right english translation could we no and i think that's the beauty of that phrase on the face of it it seems so stupid and it seems so nonsensical but actually 
we couldn't find a word that said what a bit bonjour said in English. It doesn't, you know, a bit mad, a bit crazy, a bit bananas. None of them quite do the job. And that's the beauty of it. Ramsey's found a gap in the English language and has filled it with a word that means something <laughs> completely different in French. <laughs> and before we both go a bit bonjour with um, irrelevant things, should we, should we, talk, should we get into the, uh, into the episode at hand? <clears throat> yeah, let's do that. Let's meet Gordon at Mama Cherry's Soul Food Shack in Brighton in part two. Welcome back to Where's the Lamb Sauce, part two. We're about to visit uh, Mama Sherry's Soul Food Shack in Brighton. It's an unusual case for him because it's he, he likes the he goes there and he likes the food and he seems to like the people quite a lot. And for the and for me or you or anyone else watching it, the people are quite likable. And also, you're looking at the restaurant, you're thinking, yeah, it's a bit untidy, it's a bit of a kind of it's a bit of a mess, but I'd want to eat there. We meet, we meet the people behind the restaurant, um, Mama Sherry. I mean, she's instantly lovable, larger-than-life character, isn't she? Um, the chef, Brian, um, again, he's, he's very laid-back and too laid-back for Ramsay, obviously. Uh, that, that becomes a kind of, like, a key problem, I suppose, that he needs to sort of fix. Um, but they're all likeable people, and the food looks great and clearly is very good. And you're kind of thinking, well... <laughs> what what are the problems? They are they are all likable. I'm amazed that they don't kick Ramsey out immediately after his uh, first words to Brian, the head chef. So he goes upstairs to the kitchen, sees Brian, the head chef there. Brian is a black guy with dreadlocks underneath a bandana on his head. Ramsey goes over to him and says, "How are you doing, dude?" And oh, says, "Oh yes." <laughs> This is so awkward. And he says, do you do all this? And starts doing like these imitation gang handshakes. I know. It's so awkward. He sort of just sort of like shifts into this weird stereotype greeting um, kind of mode with Brian. Um, where he's, you know, it's all fist bumps and sort of all this kind of stuff. And it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, he, before, before all of that though, um, it's probably worth just uh, touching on his, his very, very first impressions of the restaurant before he went inside. He described it as looking like a fucked up caravan. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong, though, to be fair. Like, the place is an absolute mess, isn't it? It, it, it really is. It's an absolute, it's an absolute state. Um, can we also, I mean, this is a, this is a little bit off, um, off subject here, but can we talk about this horrendous pinstripe jacket? <laughs> but it's absolutely appalling. I don't. It's straight out of sort of like a naughty department store, isn't it? Yeah, it's very Russia, John Russia. He's got. It's like a three-button garish pinstripe blazer, isn't it? And he's got all three buttons done up at first. It's so bad. I I, I don't quite know. I mean, it really is reflective of naughty's style, isn't it? A, a decade really void of any panache whatsoever. Um, he doesn't take it off though throughout the whole no, episode. He doesn't, and we see him later on wearing it over his chef rights. <laughs> that man knows how to layer. <laughs> um, shall, we, shall we quickly touch on um, what are the problems? So it's, really, it's, a, it's a really laid back place. Mama Sherry kind of treats it like, a, I guess, a kind of family business and all the people that work there are kind of a, a big extended family. There's no discipline whatsoever. Uh, people turn up late. 
people um, just don't take it seriously. She doesn't really run it like a business. Um, the food, as good as it is, a lot of it gets sort of made the night before and put in the freezer and all this kind of stuff, you know, all the stuff that Ramsey hates. Um, and uh, he, I guess his, his mission is not to change the food, but to kind of um, encourage new habits amongst the people working there, right? Yeah, he says quite early on that he doesn't want to turn the food into something fancy or something that it's not. He wants to keep that kind of soul food element to it. I mean, he does start putting it in separate bowls, which seems to be the kind of extent of his um, influence on that side of things, rather than just piling it all on the plate in what he described as a clumsy mess. He does refine the salads a little bit. Um, but his main thing seems that he seems to be pushing to purge some of the staff from quite early on mm, yeah you've got ad the second chef who during the day is a, a panel beater i'm not entirely sure it's bright it's mate. <laughs> i'm not entirely sure what that is i i thought it might be someone that like hits bits of metal but i can't see how that's a full-time job <laughs> um, i think that's what it is <laughs> So he spends his days beating panels. You've got Brian in the kitchen who, um, you know, who, who Mama Sherry doesn't want to make head chef full time for some reason because her big problem is, you know, she gets everyone to call her Mama and that's how she behaves. She treats everyone like her kids, doesn't she? She won't let anybody do anything without her being there. She can't take a step back and just let people manage themselves. And I think that's really at the heart of the problem here, that lack of leadership from her. It's a lack of leadership, but she's also a little bit of a kind of, um, I would say dictator, but she does everything she wants. She can't, she, she does everything herself, doesn't she? Uh, she? She reveals that she pays herself only £200 a week. Um, but yet she's working there about 20 hours a day or something silly like that. Well, there's a scene early on where Ramsay turns up to the restaurant at half 10 in the morning. All of the food deliveries are just on the doorstep. Brian's not there yet. Nobody else is there yet. The first person there is Mama Sherry who turns up in her car with all of the load of shopping and she gets in and drags all this stuff in. And then Brian turns up about half an hour later and as he's kind of sauntering around the kitchen she's doing the washing up and stuff like this and yeah, so yeah, yeah, Gordon, yeah. Gordon obviously <clears throat> notices all this and his main mission I think is to get her to understand that her best place isn't in the kitchen because she's a really good salesperson and she's really a people person rather than you know being behind the scenes and also to give Brian back the confidence and to empower him to be the head chef which is what he's employed as. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I mean, it's it's so obvious that her her personality is best utilized on fr- sort of front of house, and um, Brian, you know, Brian in the kitchen has got some has got some ability, uh, and they just need they just need a bit more clarity on on the roles um, on their roles in the restaurant, uh, of which there is, there is no, there's no discipline. There's no clarity. There's no, uh, it, it's all, it's also kind of, um, it's also laid back and casual that no one really knows who should be doing what. And all Ramsey really needs to do is just try and inject some discipline into the operation. That's a, it's a pretty clear mission. Yeah. Okay. He does the usual, he does the usual things like simplify the menu and, you know, all these things we, 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 we talk about ad nauseum every you know every week 
um, it's almost like a default kind of um, diagnosis for Ramsey for every restaurant. Um, but on this occasion, really, the, the main the main the main challenge is just trying to just trying to make it a bit more of a professional rest, like a professional business. And a professional chef can't be a professional chef without his professional chef whites on. So we see the customary scene. Ramsey goes into again such a seedy looking room to get undressed yeah it's like um it's it's a cluttered cellar somewhere with with kind of like these weird pink walls it's like something you might see in a kind of burlesque club that sort of seen better days or is in a kind of not particularly nice town it it, 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 it's it's not it's not nice this derobing scene i'm sure you were as pleased as i was to acknowledge we're back to the good stuff, aren't we? We're back to the glory days. This is full-on Ramsey fleshy torso material. Mm, it's not quite. Yeah, it is, but it's not quite. I'm still trying to. I'm still trying to get um, more place out of my mind. You know, once you, once you, once you've had that high, you're, you're forever chasing it afterwards. You always want more. Exactly. Exactly. Place. <laughs> <laughs> we have to we have to cut that <laughs> i think we've talked enough about uh ramsey derobing as we often do uh in part three uh we're going to be discussing a metaphor that ramsey brings to Cherie to tell her what she's doing wrong with her business welcome back to where's the lamb sauce we are in brighton at mama sherry's soul food shack we are now um on to a scene where Gordon um, uses a kind of particular sort of metaphor that he's invented to, I guess, explain to Sherry or to illustrate to her at least where she's going wrong as a kind of uh, business person. She's clearly a very good cook, um, but he needs to kind of get the message through to her where she's going wrong in terms of how to run a restaurant. Um, and I'm going to pull you up there. Oh, go on. You've said that Gordon invented this metaphor. I think credit has to be given to Sue from Bonaparte. <laughs> oh, yeah. Regular listeners will remember that she used a cake analogy to describe where she was going wrong. And we poo-pooed her at the time. We laughed at this. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I ridiculed her. I think I, think I, I, think I explained it as... Um, as uh, as a symptom of not sleeping for about four years, that she's she's gone so she's gone a bit bonjour. She had definitely gone a bit bonjour. I mean, yeah. she described it, I think, as 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 something like this. She said, "Having a restaurant is like making a cake. You've got to have all the right parts, but if you don't get the consistency right, it won't rise." It didn't make any sense at all. But I think Ramsey obviously thought hmm she's onto something here (laughs) (laughs) and has taken the idea and run with it in this episode to form what I think is the most laboured and drawn out kind of simile I think I've ever seen in my life yeah I mean he they make two cakes um one of which um the ingredient the constituent ingredients of the cake are well balanced and well proportioned as a good restaurant should be run yeah that they're in three bowls the the parts of the cake are in three bowls and the bowls are labeled staff costs on one bowl 
food costs on one bowl and gross profit on another bowl. And Ramsey's point is that if all of these things add up and, and uh, properly balanced, the cake will be a good cake. It doesn't make any sense at all. What he's implying is that you've got staff costs plus food costs plus gross profit equals business. <laughs> but I'm not sure about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it's a very it's, it's, it's a very cr- it's a very very crude metaphor. Um, I'm pretty sure there's so many more nuances to running a business than just getting those three things right. They make one cake where the the quantities of each of those of each of those ingredients reflect what kind of the way Sherry runs her uh, her re- a restaurant. So paying way too much to the staff, so there's way too much flour in it. Um, She's paying way too much for food, so there's way too much butter in it, you know, that kind of thing. And of course, the, 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 that, that cake comes out like a silicon implant. Um, and uh, the other cake is, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of textbook. It's how, you know, how a cake should be made. And of course, all the right quantity of ingredients reflect how a Russian... I mean, it's, it's a really, it, like you said, it's a really laboured metaphor, uh, and he didn't need to do. He didn't need to do that. I mean, the whole thing is is ridiculous. It's the most pointless exercise. It doesn't really seem to have any impact. And basically, Sherry ends up crying anyway because she doesn't want to lose her business. So I presume the producers were happy about that. But the whole cake thing didn't make any sense at all. No, it didn't. But I did tell you in the last episode that we're going to see now we're sort of in sort of series two when the the kind of format and the formula for this series has kind of really sort of found its feet and in full flow. This becomes a recurring thing. These kind of abstract kind of activities that he does with the restaurateurs to kind of make some point. And I know it's TV. It doesn't all need to add up perfectly, but... (laughs) I mean, but this is this is Lynchian in its kind of bizarreness. Is it as Lynchian as um, as the avocado, as the guacamole um, episode of uh, of D Place? I tell you what, though, what does break the fourth wall is a very peculiar moment when Sherry is crying in the corner about the cake metaphor has really hit home that that how how wrong how wrong she's getting this and, and where she's going wrong. And we see her sort of, you know, crying in the corner. And we hear one of the production team ask her, what's, what's wrong, Sherry? Did you, did you notice that? I didn't hear that, no. You're right, it is breaking the fourth wall, though, and it is kind of establishing some kind of connection between the audience and the cast via the crew. And I assume that's why Ramsey shut it down. He wants to be the one breaking the wall down. He wants to be David Hasselhoff on top of the Berlin Wall with a sledgehammer, bringing the whole thing (laughs) crumbling down and restoring freedom to the people. He doesn't want that to be his producer taking the credit. (laughs) He's got quite a a Hasselhoff sort sort of body, actually. Yeah, he does. Very very tanned and, you know, hirsute in the right places. Are you searching pictures of Hasselhoff right now? (laughs) (laughs) Could you hear me typing? I can also also see you as well. (laughs) See my eyes light up. (laughs) Yeah. 
So let's quickly recap on that. So we owe we we um, we owe Sue an apology for ridiculing her cake metaphor, but uh, it turns out that Ramsay has um, has plagiarised it for this episode to make a very very kind of tenuous point. And it feels like the pe- it feels like the pennies dropped for um, Sherry, um, and Ramsay then moves on to you know making some more practical kind of um, fixes to the restaurant, you know tidying up the menu, all that kind of stuff, um, and eventually the kind of I guess the things he puts into place are quite effective, aren't they? They are. I mean, he doesn't do too much to alter the food itself just the presentation of it and changes some of the salads because he said the original salads were terrible he changes the menu and strips that back as you expect but it's nothing too dramatic the main difference is that Cherie is in the dining room rather than the kitchen and Brian is given the space to actually be a head chef and cook stuff from fresh rather than preparing macaroni cheese two weeks in advance and freezing it which is what was happening before Mm, Um, and I mean the whole thing feels like it 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 goes pretty well it's a they have the relaunch as they always do um it's pretty uneventful in the sense that it goes well you know Brian feels like he's going to crumble for a minute but then pulls it out of the bag they get everybody through that they want to they make a thousand pounds on the night and the whole thing feels like it's moving in the right direction I do want to draw attention to the fact that after the ad break at the start of this segment Ramsey's moonwalking along Brighton seafront And I'm not entirely sure why, but this becomes a recurring thing from then on. Had it happened earlier? Well, this is a good good point. And I I, I was asking myself this. I think they, in in the final cut of this episode, they accidentally cut out the context for this. I think so too, because this appeared out of nowhere. And then he goes on to speak to Brian about moonwalking. And I just don't remember the origin of that. No, um, me, me neither. Um, all, all we see is sort of halfway through the episode is Ramsey, Ramsey moonwalking um, by by the seafront, and that's the fir- that's that's the first of it. No idea. Terrible, ter- terrible job with post production in this episode. Clearly. So yeah, I mean, as far as success stories go, this is definitely one of them. But I think I I, I, I asked myself this question. Um, would I eat at that restaurant even before Ramsay went there? Yeah, I probably still would, to be honest. Um, and that kind of says you everything, everything you need to know about about this about this episode is that the foundations were there for a, for a good restaurant. They just needed a, a you know the people working. They just needed to kick up their ass and a, and a little bit of a little bit of professional disciplined guidance, which is exactly what Ramsay offered them. But um, every, you know, the, by the end of it, the place is buzzing. It's busy. Everyone seems happy. I mean, when Ramsey visits, revisits again sometime after, it's 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 thriving on its own two feet. It's as close to a kind of you know genuine success story as you can get. Again, I imagine I'm assuming you've done some uh, some research on on the eventual fate of this restaurant, and you're probably going to tell me it's not there anymore. But this actually is a kind of success story for Ramsey. Is it still there? Uh, no. Oh. 
<laughs> I mean, that was about 15 years ago, so... No, um, it's not. What happened next? Basically, the shack, it was, it was a soul food shack, wasn't it? Relocated to bigger premises because they couldn't keep up with demand. That went on to score zero stars in a food hygiene examination. Oh, what a shame. Despite that, though, uh, Mama Sherry has become a minor celebrity chef. She's on YouTube under her full name, which is Charita Jones, and she's got over 100,000 followers. I tell you what, we should reach out to her for an interview. That's a great idea. That's a bloody great idea. We'll do that. We'll do that. And equally encouraging is Chef Brian. He opened up his own restaurant called Soul Foo, which got some pretty good reviews and was around for a little while, then closed it to start a burger pop-up called Bad Boys, which is run out of Brighton. So both of them still doing their thing. And I think it's fair to say that's a success story for Ramsey. Yeah, great for Ramsey. Um... Could have used a little bit more of a, uh, a few more explosive moments uh, th- th- this uh, this episode, um, but uh, but it's it's good to see some um, some genuine success stories amongst the um, you know the kind of the lost causes. Do you have on that note an insult of the week? There weren't many this week um, for the reasons we've already sort of gone through, um, but there, there weren't. It was it wasn't a particularly rich episode for, for insult of the week options. I mean, I think describing a restaurant as like a fucked up caravan <laughs> is, is the closest we'll get. But I mean, yeah, there, 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 weren't, there weren't any great sort of great additions to the, to the canon of insult of the weeks. But I would say looks like a fucked up caravan is probably the closest to get. And that's only directed at the restaurant, not at a person. So Yeah, I've decided to hold back my vote this week i'm gonna have two next week and save mine from this week because there's not really anything that grabbed my attention this one was a bit more of a love fest wasn't it than we're used to seeing so i'm i'm gonna abstain this week and go double next time let's just hope next week is um it's more fertile territory and and next week um we are in scotland um, at a a restaurant called la riviera in inverness that sounds nice (laughs) all will be revealed um in in next in next week's episode yeah so thanks everybody for listening um those that have stuck around for this long um as always we don't take that for granted so uh, as always if you haven't already could please please rate us on itunes or spotify or however you listen to this apparently um, it does make a difference to how we're ranked and we do actually want a few more people to listen to this um, at some point <laughs> basically we want to get to the point where we can put ads on here and just cream it off of those don't we totally sell out yeah totally sell out that's that is our aim so um any help you can give us to get us there um would be, would be very very welcome so we'll see you at La Riviera in Inverness next time. Until then, if you do want to get in touch with us, please do drop us a message on Instagram. It's at Pod. Loads of great content there, isn't there, Dom? I mean, we're non-stop on there. Not non-stop. And um, if, you want to get, if you want to put faces to names, mm. that's the place to go. Yeah, if you want to see blurry screen grabs of each of us <laughs> speaking to each other via Skype. That is the place to be. <laughs> yeah, it's a real peek behind the curtain of this, um, this massive operation here. <laughs>
But yeah, uh, until then, thanks for listening. Uh, see you in Inverness. Uh, and in the meantime... Don't have nightmares. <laughs>